Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. All right, what's up, Pels fans? We literally just finished recording five minutes ago, and we saw this late-breaking news that Rajon Rondo is now a Los Angeles Laker. And I have to say, I, for one, am absolutely devastated. I've been, uh, I, I, I don't want to say in love, infatuated with Rajon Rondo, his game, his intelligence, what he brought to the Pelicans, just the swagger that he gave them, the confidence that he uh, that he gave to Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and the, and the squad as a whole. I... I am beside myself. The Los Angeles Lakers renounced Julius Randle so that they could offer Rajon Rondo $9 million. Now he's going to be paired in a backcourt. With- Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. With Lonzo Ball, you'd have to assume, or I, I, can't, I can't imagine he's coming off the bench. So, Kevin, does, does this insinuate that Lonzo Ball might be on the move sooner in a Kawhi Leonard trade? I mean, I would think Lonzo Ball was always going to be on the move. I just don't see uh, – I mean, I don't really see Rondo's fit with LeBron either in the sense that, you know, it's similar to, like I said, it was a bad fit with uh, Rondo and Boogie because, you know, Lonzo's a better – I don't know who's a better defender right now. I mean, Lonzo's a pretty good defender. Um, Rondo's a good defender when he's engaged, but he's not always engaged. But neither of them are good shooters in in – LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands and you need guys who are off the ball shooters. So it's, it's an interesting choice. Um, it, they're building a crazy locker room experiment there. I'll tell you that I've actually made a joke about this move yesterday. And one of our group DMs, like just joking, like what if Rondo goes there to that, to that locker room, it's insane. Um, and now he has, so we're going to see that play out. Um, but man, I think, I, I think Lonzo was always going to be on the move. I don't necessarily think he's going to the Spurs. Um, I think they might move him somewhere else to get a pick or another player and then use that pick to either dump Luol Dang or 
to uh, you know strengthen um, the package for Kawhi or whatever. I just don't see LeBron being open to um, you know the the big baller brand stuff that comes along with that. Plus, also his core fit with LeBron on the court as well. You factor in both of those two things, and I just think that that was a marriage that wasn't going to last long. And and Lonzo has value. I mean, he's a coming off a of rookie year. He's a very good playmaker for his age. He's a good defender. He is not a good shooter, but maybe somebody can fix that for him. And he's only making $7 million, I think, on his rookie deal. So it's like, you know, teams will definitely be interested in taking a chance on him. One team that I thought uh, could possibly be a team in play uh, well, two of them really is Atlanta because, you know, obviously they want to get rid of Schroeder and they're trying to build, um, you know, the Warriors light over there. And he can definitely be that Sean Livingston kind of guy there. Um, but also Orlando, I think, would be a good spot for him and his family because, you know, Orlando is the home of Disney. They can do all that sort of stuff uh, that, you know, it could be a, a boost for big baller brand as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, I never thought Lonzo was long there. For, for the Lakers, but I think now you have to think he's definitely on the move. Ollie, uh, about a week ago, I'm beside myself. I am so upset. Uh, Del Demps, of course, as well as Alvin Gentry, said that they both uh, really wanted Rajon Rondo back. And there was that report, Ollie, a week ago by the, 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 the radio content producer in Arizona predicting that Rajon Rondo wanted two years and 16 million. He said he had a credible source uh, and we didn't give it much mind. We thought that the Pelicans would be able to pull him back somewhere around 5 million annually. And now he's just signed a contract for 9 million annually. And this is kind of blown up in the Pelicans faces. And it looks like as of right now that Alfred Payton is their day one starter. Are you upset, Ollie? No, I'm I'm not upset. I'm just a little disappointed. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Because for all the reasons you just mentioned, for all the reasons we just saw over the season, how Rondo connected with the, our stars, how he became almost one of the team captains overnight, how his play elevated the play of the others around him. So that's what's going to be disappointing because I can't foresee Alfred coming in. And even though they have very identical games, you got to understand Rondo's got years and years of experience, championship pedigree. Um, and supposedly playoff Rondo exists where he kind of turns it on and off. As for Alfred Payton, he's played four years for a bunch of crappy teams. And, uh, yeah, to hand it suddenly we're staring at the face of what him playing about 32 minutes a game for a guy that, you know, was unceremoniously traded for, what was it? Preston, you know better than me. Was it just a second round pick or two of them from Phoenix Suns? And then the Suns just four go. Yeah. Four went his bird rice just by casting him off. Uh, so it doesn't look good. I'm hoping that Dell Demps has a plan B, C, and D that hopefully he can turn to. Yeah, I hope it's uh, Shabazz Napier right now. Uh, Tyreek Evans was also meeting with the Los Angeles Lakers, so this likely means that he will be available. And I, I honestly think a lot of Pelicans fans would probably be upset to see the Pelicans not not just bring Tyreek Evans back. Obviously, he's a good player, and I gave you some of the reasons why earlier. But just to see the Pelicans kind of reverse their fortunes, kind of kind of like a yo-yo at this point, I, I think they might want to see somebody new. That's just my own personal preference uh, and those names that we mentioned Shabazz Napier, Ian Clark, Dante Exum, Isaiah Thomas, Shelvin Mack, Seth Curry, Shane Larkin. Uh, Kevin, how confident are you that Dell is going to bring in? uh, Do you think the starting point guard on day one is on the roster right now, or do you think it's a move that Dell has yet to make? I mean, that's tough to answer. I mean, I think 
obviously, as we were saying before, this news broke that Alfred Payton was either leverage or just a guy that, that they can use Rondo to mold. Um, a guy that's similar but definitely doesn't have the IQ, uh, basketball IQ that um, Rajon Rondo has. So while he's been a starter in this league, giving him the opportunity to start on a team with Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and Nikola Miritich and possibly DeMarcus Cousins is asking a lot um, of him. Uh, he's not had that sort of pressure. Uh, so it's it's a little bit concerning. But, you know, at the same time, if Cousins were to come back uh, and, you know, he's going to ease the load a little bit on playmaking because, you know, they're going to run some offense through him. Drew's there. Um, you're still going to need another guy. Uh, hopefully Frank Jackson is is a guy who can handle the ball and make some plays for you as well. Um, but, I mean, hey, he's been my guy all offseason. Go get that trade exception trade for Thomas Sadoransky. He solves two problems, point guard and the three, because he's 6'7", he can shoot, uh, and he can play make, and he can rebound. Um, so if you if Dell can find him or somebody like him to fill that role, I think that's something that um, they would have to look at. I think you definitely feel like they, there needs to be another addition um, in playmaking ability, and I just think that guy would be the perfect fit. But, I mean, maybe there's others out there that you guys have in mind. Ali, I don't know if this is possible, and, oh. and you, you, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Preston. Uh, can can we move Alfred Payton's $2.7 million tender to the biannual exception and then use the full MLE on somebody like Avery Bradley? Absolutely. But I, I like Kevin's point um, in, in that I think this may force Dell Demps to kind of hurry up and be more proactive on the trade market and go ahead and spend some future picks, you know, because uh, this is a big loss. And I don't think, you know, sitting here thinking about it for a few minutes, there's no way you can hand Alfred Payton the keys on day one um, and expect Anthony Davis to be happy about it. You know, I, I don't see how the team could move forward, let alone kind of just uh, – maintain the same style and level of play we saw last season. And you know what? At the bottom or at the end of the day, the last thing we want to see is Drew Holiday being moved back to point guard. I think that without a doubt, he uh it wasn't you know sorry, I'm just trying to get out of my thoughts here. But no, I think Drew Holiday's gotta stay a shooting guard. That's where he flourished and the Pelicans don't want to put too much on his shoulders and and as we've just been saying, Alfred Payton isn't ready. So uh, maybe a move for Thomas Sadaransky. Maybe somebody out there is available. Uh, I know when I came on, logged in, I heard you guys talking about Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, Dell Demps has got to do something to quickly patch this up because uh, the Pelicans, while they've extended, that is Dell Demps and Alvin Gentry, they've got a couple years. I can't imagine Anthony Davis being happy about taking a step back and you know m- missing out on the playoffs. So they've got to put a competitive team enough out there to where you know everybody feels good about who they're playing with alongside one another. I'm I'm going to ask a follow-up. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I was going to ask you guys a follow-up question. All right, so we know we lost Rondo. Say for some reason we also lose Cousins, but you replace these two guys with Kylo Quinn, Sadoransky, and Alfred Payton. How do you feel about the team at that point? 
I, I don't want to play this game. I don't want to just keep this this musical chairs uh, thing afoot. Like at, at some point, these guys keep preaching continuity. They keep preaching the relevance and the importance of of chemistry, and and they just keep blowing it up. And I know that it's nobody's fault. Obviously, the Pelicans didn't have the money to spend on Rajon Rondo, but obviously, the mid level exception comes so close to this nine million dollar deal. It just it just reeks of of, of some kind of a. I don't know, uh, misinformed communication that happened between the two parties or maybe Rajon Rondo seeing Alfred Payton being signed and less than 24 hours later jumping to Los Angeles with LeBron James, a guy who he has been his adversary for the better part of his career. I, I don't know, Ali. It, it seems like there's there's a lot of bad juju behind this. Does Does that appeal to you at all? Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. What I'm seeing is that Rajon Rondo, we heard about the rumor, as you mentioned, two years around $16 million. And he probably asked the Pelicans for something similar. You know, I took a pay cut last year, made a total of $6.3 million in taking a pay cut, and I played a lot better above my value, so I want more. So as soon as I think Alfred Payton was signed for that $2.7 million, the Pelicans kind of basically uh, cornered Ronda as to where, okay, we've spent some of that MLE money, so this is how much we've got left to pay you. And that would have been about $6 million. And guess what? He uh, probably wasn't happy about it. And the fact that the Lakers, in fact, there were other better, way better offers, obviously, uh, nine million to six million. That's a huge difference. And he jumped on it and you can't blame him. So, yeah, I, I, I think that honestly, he you know what we just saw, Alfred Payton getting signed and it's basically taking it out of his checkbook out of what he thought he was owed. So that kind of probably got under his skin and he feels like he's worth more. Hey, that, that's how it works. NBA players all think they're worth more than they're usually getting paid unless you're a top-tier guy making the max. So I'm not surprised by the move. Rondo still has a chance to win a championship. Like Kevin said, the biggest surprising thing, honestly, is the fact he'll have to play with LeBron, who, you know, as we all know, the days of Boston Celtics, Cleveland Cavaliers, all those hard-fought battles and all the bitter uh, feelings. But I guess you put that away when it's an extra $3 million. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Uh, Kevin, obviously, not everybody in Pelicans Nation is going to be as shook as I am. And obviously, you can tell that Ali is disappointed as well. Uh, One of our other editors, David Fisher, is beside himself. And I'm so glad that he's not in this chat right now, or I think I would just mute him. Uh, Talk about try try to 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 shine a light on all of this, put a rainbow over this podcast and tell us why losing Rajon Rondo is not the end of the world and why the Pelicans can still be successful in 2018 with no, without their point guard. I mean, I'm a big fan of Rajon Rondo, so I, I'm not ecstatic or happy with this loss, um, but I still see that there's potential with the money that would have been spent on him to shore up other areas and other ways to improve the team. I mean, now you look at Julius Randle's on the market. Uh, do the Pelicans make a play for him, or does he at least take up some of the market that uh, now allows you to get Kylo Quinn because other people are trying to get Randle? Those kind of things uh, will trickle down. Um, so there's still moves to make to improve this team. But, I mean, at the end of the day, this team has Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday. It has uh, solid. It has Nikola Mirotic. It possibly has the Marcus Cousins. It probably still has Etwan Moore. Um, so you, you, uh, and then you have guys that are maybe poised for breakouts and check the and Frank Jackson. So, and maybe a guy that's a reclamation project and Alfred Payton. So there's, you can't be down on this team, especially as long as they have Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis on this team. Um, you know, and Miritich was great for us down the stretch. And I think, you know, we're still going to be very good uh, with or without Rondo. I, 
like this with Rondo, but I'm not going to freak out over his departure because I, you know, I want to see what we end up as the end result. I'm not going to take every move and every loss. Um, you know, even as I said, you know, we could have had Ed Davis and, um, and Glenn Robinson, the third with the, uh, MLE combined, uh, we lost out on them, but I mean, you know, I got to see what the big picture is. You, you can't really look at it like that and evaluate each individual move until you see the total outcome of the off season. Um, so I'm going to wait till fair judgment, but I do think losing Rondo is a little bit tough, you know, I mean, mainly for what he brought uh, in the locker room and the bench and his, you know, his playmaking was great. He had his flaws on the court. So maybe you shore up those flaws on the court and lose those intangibles, hoping that he already instilled what he needed to into Holiday and Davis and uh, Miritich, um, those three pieces that we know are coming back. Well, I can now I can now see why the Pelicans might be interested in Tyreek Evans. He was set mm-hmm. to have a meeting with the Los Angeles Lakers, and he now becomes the prime candidate, you would have to think, to come to New Orleans to either man that position or, in all likelihood, uh, come off the bench as he did two years ago. Ali, when, when we watched the Portland series, uh, obviously Anthony Davis, one of the best players in the world, the best player on our team. With that being said, with the way that he played, Nikola Miritich, Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, those four players together were integral in a winning that series and in sweeping that series. I don't want to take anything away from Etwan Moore, who played a pretty remarkable defense, but offensively, he was a bit quieter in that series than he had been in the regular season. But Rajon Rondo uh, put up incredible numbers, uh, just he, he just orchestrated great team basketball. The guys all talked about how he knew all of Portland's plays before the Portland players knew them. Uh, I, I don't think I can go on enough about how disappointing this is over something as minuscule to me as a difference of $3 million, as you preface this with. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and close this up. If you want to offer some positivity to this, um, obviously there's still moves to be made. We remember last Last offseason, the Pelicans added Ian Clark in August. They brought in Rajon Rondo towards the end of summer league. There's still moves yet to be made. Try try to offer some positivity to this podcast. Okay, well, first of all, you got to realize, if you had asked us before this news, would anybody be happy? And we actually did discuss this. Would anybody be happy giving Rondo the full MLE? And I think every single one of us said no. Uh, I didn't. This, I did not. I said, I said, and it, you can check my tweets. I was like, if that's what he wants, give it to him. That's true. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Preston, you were one of the very, very, very few. So I think almost nobody would have liked to have seen the, the majority of the Pelicans exception money go to one guy who really doesn't mesh all that well with the entire roster. And you've got to count cousins. What, what, whenever he does come back, because let's face it, those guys did not play together well. The team just didn't perform well because they butted heads too much as to where Rondo was irrelevant on offense when DeMarcus was demanding the ball so much at the top of the key. And uh, defensively, those two guys, you know, you can't put them together next to one because there's going to be a lot of breakdowns. You know, they're both kind of really bad at covering space. So you look at it in the sense that, hey, okay, the Pelicans didn't overpay to keep somebody who honestly, if you're bringing back Boogie, you know, you're bringing back this core that honestly didn't work all that well together. So there might be somebody else. And like I said, I agree with you. I think this Tyreek Evans now, the Pelicans chasing him becomes really the biggest news because last season, he, he I don't know how many people watched him play other than the Memphis uh, matchups with the Pelicans. But you know what? He looked really, really, really good. The only thing you've got to wonder about, can he play a little bit more of a team-oriented game to where it satisfies and appeases, you know, every player plus the coaching staff? 
Uh, and I think he's got it within him because he's still not done in this league. He's a very competitive player, and he knows a lot of our guys. So they're they're friends. I know that AD and Tyreek, they're really good friends. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. There are still options out there. So let's hope that Dell can cash in on one of these few remaining options because, uh, you know, they they need to. We don't need to discuss Alfred anymore, but I'm not ready to give him the full reins yet. One thing I would say about all this that I find interesting is that, like, you know, you, you we've seen in the past people take pay cuts to play with uh, LeBron or to go play in Golden State or, you know, go play in Houston, whatever. But, like, it seems like the Lakers are overpaying for the guys that they're getting, which is weird to me. Do you guys feel that way? Like, I mean, you're getting Rondo at $9 million, uh Lance at, what, what do you got, like 4.6? Um Contavious Caldwell Pope at 12, which maybe is about right around where he would get from other teams. But considering that you're going to go play with LeBron, you could you would you could see them taking less of a a payday to do for that opportunity. You, you guys I, feel that way, too? I don't think so at all. I think this is a really cunning move on Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson's part in that they have several movable contracts right now. They're all one year deals. So even. I think what they're doing right now is they're saying, hey, if we don't get a star this year, we've put enough guys around you that you can win 50 games. And then at the end of the season, they'll all be gone. If we're not able to acquire a superstar in that time, all these guys are going to come off the books. And then we can go into the 19 offseason where there are. And I'll let Ali talk. And then I'll talk about, actually, if I scroll really quickly, I can find all the uh, free agents that are going to be available. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, if he took his qualifying offer, which he probably won't. Uh, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Clay Thompson, uh, Tobias Harris, Ricky Rubio, DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, the Morris Twins, Alec Burks, Wilson Chandler. Not a great crop to join Kawhi Leonard, but in 20, you've got Anthony Davis, uh, Gordon Hayward, Mike Conley, Damian Lillard, DeMar DeRozan, CJ McCollum, Otto Porter, Rudy Gobert, Bradley Beal, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Victor Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, Al Horford, Paul Millsap, Harrison Barnes, Kevin Love. Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, uh, Draymond Green. So I, I think they're putting enough pieces around him to keep him happy in the interim. But now they've got a lot of pieces that they can move if they need to make a trade. And if they can't, then they've got the flexibility to bring in guys in the next summer or in the summer of 2020. Yeah, there's no doubt, Preston. I see the Lakers are going to make a move. When you're suddenly filling out the entire roster, Ronda wasn't brought in to be a backup. KCP is going to be a starter. Suddenly, I honestly think that two of the three guys, Kuzma, Ingram, and Ball, two of the three are going to have a different location by the trade deadline. Ali, do you think Boogie goes to Los Angeles? Not anymore, because Ronda just, what was it, the uh, Julius Randle, renouncing him opened up about 13 some million and by Rondo now getting nine there's just no way I mean well, yeah, if they, if they offloaded like dang yeah trades. yeah but I mean I don't know I mean I, I, I'm I'm lost at this point to what the Lakers are doing especially around LeBron James so I'm not gonna say no <laughs> all right what do you think the future is for Julius Randall Kevin uh I don't know um I mean I thought that um, Dallas was going to make a push for him, but they were just were steady locked into DeAndre. So I thought maybe Dallas would be his destination. Um, possibly uh, you could see him ended up taking a, a one-year deal, maybe if all the money's dried up, um, and then try to reenter free agency again next year once our, everything clears up again. But uh, it's hard to see him wanting to go to um, a team that – 
it's not winning. Uh, maybe maybe you could see him going to uh, Boston or or Philly. I could see that happening because uh, you know Philly said to have been interested in adding another big man. You know, Kylo Quinn was mentioned. Um, they lost uh, Ilyasova. Um, and I think, you know, they always want to have some Embiid insurance because you never know if he's going to have to miss some games or some time. Um, you know, he's not fully out of the woods yet, I guess. And then, you know, I think uh, Boston's always wanted some rim protection and another guy who can – he's a guy that can facilitate some. He's not a great outside shooter, but he would probably work well with uh, Al Horford. If uh, So I can see him taking a one-year flyer with one of those teams that, you know, sort of guarantees him a shot at the playoffs. Well, obviously a clear path of the playoffs in the East. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe those are the two spots. I'm thinking the opposite. I think because he suddenly can't get his max, um, he's staring at still wanting to get paid. So I can see, like say, an Atlanta Hawks take advantage of this situation, pay him about four to five million less a year, some to a multi-year deal, and he's he's going to be part of that core they're bringing up, or any of the rebuilders. You know, I think yeah, they've got they're staring at a deal right now out there. I mean, even the Suns, because uh, you know Tyson Chandler is going to come off the books next year, um, and I don't know if they've. I think they like Bender, but I think they've kind of given up on Chris and uh, having uh, Randall play play center for them would be kind of good, I think. All right. Uh, just to, to wrap things up, obviously, Dell Demps has a lot of work to do, and uh, I, I've given him my fair share of criticism in the past. He, if, if he's able to pull this off and get to next summer and get that five-year $235 million to Anthony Davis, then obviously he he deserves every accolade in the world, including general manager of the year. But he certainly has his work cut out for him. There are still a bevy of moves that the Pelicans can make. Uh, it might even include, as as I've been preaching all, all summer, waiting to make that trade to the trade deadline when Alexis Agensa and Solo uh, carry a bit more value. However, at this point in time, uh, Solomon Hill might be important uh, if – in this case, the, the Pelicans aren't able to acquire a three on the market. Uh, he might be relied upon to give them 20 minutes a game, and they might have to hope that he can regain some of that 2016-17 form. So we'll have to see. Thank you to Ollie and Kevin for jumping back on here, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Let's go, Pels. hope you've enjoyed listening to the bird calls on OTG and nothing but net here on Dash Radio. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day... When he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good. And so was hanging out with his grandson. Your home is important. That's why Geico helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.